Hey, let me take a minute and talk to you about the Colorado State Patrol. Did you know that the average person spends, it's like 90,000 hours at work in their lifetime? Now, think about that. That is a long, long time. And if you break it down, it's actually 20,080 hours a year. How about this? This holiday season, give yourself the gift of a rewarding career. And you can do so. It's a gift that lasts for years to come. Just apply to the Colorado State Patrol and become a cadet. And by this time next year, you could be a Colorado State Patrol trooper working in your very own community and actually making a difference. Just visit csp.colorado.gov backslash employment, and you can apply or speak to a CSP recruiter and then learn about the opportunities that they can offer. Are you ready to love your job? Make a resolution to not waste another year. Applications are currently open through December 31st. Hey, I was thinking about this. We're officially in the holiday gift-giving season. Don't worry. We're going to help you and figure out something that makes a lot of sense. I love my MSA 220 chainsaw. Now, you may say, really, Dave? And I'm telling you, it is it is unbelievable. It is the equivalent of Steel's best-selling chainsaw in Colorado, the MS-271. It's really easy to use. I always like to say, if I can use it, believe me, anybody can use it. And it makes an outstanding gift idea this holiday season. Steel has some amazing promotions going on all the way through Christmas. You can get $10 off an SE33 electric vacuum down to $89.99. It's great for the garage or maybe just cleaning out the car. And if you want to cut the cord bit, go with the Steel AS battery platform with the SEA 20 electric vacuum for $159.99. Speaking of battery-powered tools, the best-selling AS tool, the GTA Garden Pruner, is on sale as well. You can save 30 bucks Now, get one for just $149.99. The good news is it's lightweight. It's really easy to use. It's compact, and you'll love it. Just head to steel.com to take advantage of these great offers and others, or do yourself a solid. Head to one of your steel dealers to try it out for yourself, because the holiday season is here. This week on the Dave Logan Podcast, bad game in Detroit. You just got outplayed. I mean, that was an ass-kicking. And an ass-chewing for the quarterback. That went probably 12 to 15 seconds. My feeling is that's too long. Plus, what happened between Dave and Sean Payton in the post-game show? It honestly is okay. It is not an issue between me and him. I have no problem. Oh, and that time Dan Reeves chewed out Dave Logan. I think the player probably looked at the coach and said, F you. Well, and then I was cut on Tuesdays. This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Bremen, podcast number 193. Good to see you. We have uh, well, we got a few things to talk about today. Yeah, we do. Good to see you, too. We missed you last week. Susie filled in. Stories oh, down the to see my, uh, my aunt and uncle. Aunt? Uh, auntie. Do you say aunt or aunt? I've, aunt? I've, been, I've used both. Okay. Aunt, and I've used aunt. Because aunt makes you sound like you're from, you're British. It does? Yeah. How's your well, aunt? I'm not British. <laughs> I mean, I probably have some British blood in me from somewhere, right? Yeah. English blood, I guess. Yeah. Uh, she's doing well. She's 90. My uncle is 92 and uh-huh. uh, uh, not in great health. So it was good to, good to get down and spend a little time with them in the Dallas area. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Could you ever move to Dallas? Could you ever live in Texas? You know what? There, there are so many really cool things about Texas, but what I dislike the most is the heat in the summer. 
you have to really dig humidity. Like oh. you, it's, you know, may, may not be like Florida, but yeah. it's close in terms of the humidity in the summer. So I am not a humidity guy. I went, well, my hair is, I'm clearly not a humidity girl. Um, I went down there once for a high school football game. A friend and I were like, what, what's, what's it like in Texas to go? Well, a friend of you, a friend and you just went to an arbitrary high school football game in Dallas. I was dating this had person. Had to be a dude. I was going to say. It was a dude. It had to be. <laughs> right. None of my girlfriends were like, let's go yeah. to a high school football so what, game. What, and- what games did you see? It was in like Grapeland or someplace. About Grapevine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the stadium had, uh, it could seat up to 20,000. Mm-hmm. It didn't have 20,000, but it had thousands of people. It was a whole different deal. And then I started looking into the salaries. I'm like, God, they make like 125 grand, yeah. some of those coaches. Some but of them then, make over 200. Oh my God, really? Yes, they do. That's a lot of pressure, but that's a very good salary. I don't think it's any more pressure to win. I get. I guess it would be pressure uh, in terms of if if we lose too many times, I'm going to get fired, and this is money that I'm counting on to feed my family. Yeah, to pay the bills. I guess in that regard, it would be pressure. But I don't think they have any more pressure on them to win than a lot of us do up here to win. The money, and they don't do any more work. Money's different. Um, no, I mean not not. I no. I think the ones that do it the right way, you you have to be dedicated and you've got to enjoy kids and enjoy film. And there's, there's a lot that goes into it, but we may, it's still in the works. We may wind up going to Dallas for our first game of the season next year. Maybe it's not done yet and play a really good Texas team down there, which will be uh, fantastic. Yeah. It'll be a fantastic challenge uh-huh. and opportunity because it is, they take their football very seriously. They are they are very very well run programs. Are they ranked in the top twenty five uh, in the country? I'm not, not until it gets confirmed. Okay, I'm not going to say, but I'll, but I'll say it afterwards. Could it'll, we it'll say like it'll be a podcast exclusive? It'll, it'll be a ooh, <laughs> it'll be a big challenge for us. Okay, for sure. That is a great segue to it. Will be a great challenge for the Broncos to actually make the playoffs after that. Can we say debacle? In Detroit? Lousy game. I mean, just, there was nothing, there was nothing about that game that was positive. And I'm I'm a guy, usually, even after a loss at the NFL level, I can say, okay, you know what, they lost, and that's what you get paid to do, win. But there were two or three things I saw in that game, particular game that I liked or uh, that you can build on. I really, I think this is a game that you just got outplayed. Uh, in all three phases of the game, you didn't play very well. Detroit's a really good team, especially at home. And they were coming off a game the previous week that they were horrible and lost a game to the Bears. Yeah. So it was kind of the perfect storm. But, uh, I mean, it, it, it was ugly after the first quarter ended. I mean, they're scoreless after the first quarter. And then Detroit scores touchdowns on five straight drives and the Broncos uh, in the first half couldn't do anything offensively. I mean, nothing. So I always think it's interesting when players talk about, well, they didn't, you know, they've got work to do and they, um, they didn't do as well as they think they could do. Well, how about maybe just the other team's better? Maybe just the other team has more talent. That, that's not how you, that's not how you think. Okay. I think as, a, as a professional athlete, um, I think it may be true on any given day but you're never going to, after a game, say, 
Well, this was a game that they, it's pretty simple. Uh, they just have a better team. <laughs> I mean, you're never, ever going to say that. You're never going to wave the white flag, even after you've had your ass kicked. And that's what that was. I mean, yeah. that was an ass kicking. So, um, and we're, we're going to talk about this, but so many, so many things to get into. Uh, I, I didn't like, I mean, they, they went into that game knowing they had to move Jared Goff off his spot. Great play action pass uh, game for Detroit. Very accurate thrower when he is on his spot. And they really, they could not pressure him. I thought Detroit blocked it up really well up front. Um, and conversely, I thought Detroit was aggressive with the Broncos' offense. I thought uh, Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, dialed up three or four, four or five pressures. They pressured from the second level and third level and got there. I mean, the 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 lone turnover of the game is is after the Broncos on their opening series hit a forty yard pass to Jerry Judy, and then they run a boot. And I mean, Russell's obviously got to hold the ball, but as soon as he made the play fake and turned around, he had a safety right in his face. So um, sometimes you just, even though you don't want to, you have to step back and say, man, Detroit played really well, and the Broncos did not play well, and that's a that's a bad match. It's a bad match to have. So it's interesting. I feel like out of this game, we'll talk about their playoff hopes or chances in a bit because I've got the New York Times uh, percentage. Still on the Times. I'm still on the Times. I'm not the only person on the Times, by the way. There's newspapers quoting the New York Times and a TV station. Wow. I know. So it's not just me. Maybe I should start reading the New York Times. I don't read it. I just look at the headline. So what's really being talked about, one of the things really being talked about is Sean Payton's yelling at Russell Wilson in the third quarter after he said he was frustrated yeah. after um, not getting the call or whatever happened there. But I want your take on, because I immediately had an opinion when I saw him yelling at Russell Wilson. Well, you, let me know what you immediately thought. It will not, it will not sway I know. Uh, what I think. I thought he looked like a jerk. I thought Sean Payton, I get it. People get yelled at in sports. I understand that. I just was like, that's, I, I don't know. Like it just was. And then as, and then after him trying to cover it up was even more like, come on, dude. Like he clearly, he said that he was just frustrated with, with calls or the lack of calls, but he directed it right at Russell. I just, I didn't, I wasn't a fan of it. Hmm. What did you think? Well, I, I think this, I think, I think as a player, you have at that level in the NFL, you have to allow for a coach especially a head coach, to chew your ass from time to time. Mm-hmm. It, it's just part of how it works, right? Anybody who's ever played in the NFL has had their ass chewed. I, I know I have, for sure. Now, I will say this. I think that for most coaches, there's a, there's a little timer in your head. So when you want to go all in on somebody, when you want to really make your point and – and Sean's smart enough to know when you do that on the sideline, you do it to a quarterback, it's a nationally televised game, rest assured, it's it's going to be a topic. Mm-hmm. So to be pissed off or dismissive about questions in the postgame, um, I couldn't quite understand that. But there's a little timer, I believe, in coaches' heads. And when you're going to go all in to that degree, there, there there's a little buzzer that goes off in your head, I believe, and it's it's about six seconds. <laughs> You got five or six seconds. I mean, to really go 
all in on somebody. Make your point, whatever whatever point that is, mm-hmm. restate it, and then end it with an expletive and walk away. You got you got six, let's say six, maybe six or seven. No more than that. And I thought, Sean, whether the little buzzer, it, you know, didn't go off, somebody didn't reset it from the previous explosion, or whether he ignored the little buzzer in his head. Um, I thought that went probably 12 to 15 seconds, and I would, my, my feeling is, that's too long. I don't care how pissed off you are, and... That's it's way too long. And when it goes that long, then people, a lot of people look at it and say, like you did, you know, I think he's a jerk. Or I, I mean, I can't believe he talked to the quarterback that way. Listen, in the NFL, the head coaches, if I had a dollar, now if I had a hundred dollars for every time a head coach really got into me, um, you know, I'd have a stack of, I'd have a stack of hundred dollar bills. So, it's 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 not what he said or how he said it. To me, it's the length of time that he went all in on Russ. And yeah. he went back in a couple of times after he started to walk away. So to me, this was this was a level of frustration shown by Sean Payton that has been brewing for quite some time. I know he was pissed off about what could have been two touchdown calls that he didn't get, and then the phantom offside penalty, which is just a joke. I mean, really, and I don't normally go in on officials, but you have to have a predisposition. When you look at the call, you have to, in your mind, have a predisposition like, I'm looking for an offside penalty to up. This one could be it. Flag. I mean, so, but I think it was a combination of things for Peyton, and, and I do not at all think it was Sean Payton being frustrated because Russell ran the play too soon. Mm -hmm. I I will just say this. um, I I know for a fact that was not it. What was it then? Why was he so frustrated at Russell? Well, I mean, I I think he's pissed that they didn't score when he thought they could have scored twice. I I do not know that there wasn't a check made at the line of scrimmage that he did not like. Now, that's two knots. So if you said to me, hey, Dave, you think it's possible in that scenario that Russell checked to something in that series of plays that he shouldn't have checked to and Sean didn't like? My answer would be absolutely. Do I know that for a fact? I do not. But I do know for a fact it was not the fact that Russell ran a play too soon when Sean was trying to look at challenging the play. Right. So, um, again, you know, we all we all deal in – uh, perception, right? The visual was not good because I think Sean went in, and but he went in too long. You got to get in and get out. It's like walking into Seven Eleven. You can't walk into Seven Eleven and like browse for an hour. What are you doing in Seven Eleven? Well, you walk you, in, you know what you want. You don't ever. Do you ever walk in Seven Eleven and you just want to look and see the various types of candy because you're not sure? No. You go in there saying, hey, you know what? I want to get a bottle of water or I want to get, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. a bit of honey. But you don't stand there for 18 minutes browsing. Well, you're going to walk out with some nacho cheese and yeah, like some you, nachos with that terrible cheese, which is actually it. good. Yeah. It's not that I, I guess it's just like Russell looks like a little puppy 
this whole season is about now whether I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it's like, let's get Russ his confidence back up. Let's, you know, coach him hard. But that was just like, I, I almost wanted Russ to yell back at him like, OK, dude, got it. You know, yeah, I mean, off. I think I think that um, I, th- I think you have to pick and choose your spots as a player. I mean, there there are we're dealing we're talking about grown men making a lot of money in a highly pressurized situation. And there's a lot at stake. And so guys are going to be emotional and some guys are going to say things uh, and you've got to be able to, within reason, you've got to be able to process what was said. And even if you don't like it, um, not react in a way that is going to exacerbate the situation. Um, I, I, I reacted towards the end of my career uh, in a, um, in a way that, well, it was in a way that got me cut. Because you yelled back at Dan Reese. I, 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 you know what? Because I thought I used the seven eleven analogy. He, he, and and listen, we, Dan and I made up, and Dan has since passed. And I thought Dan was a uh, an excellent coach, and we we talked and and put everything to rest a couple of times after that fateful day. But you know what? He went in. He made a point. I didn't agree with the point, and he blasted me. On the sideline, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, undressed me. You know what I did? I, I, I stood right there and looked at him. Yeah, I didn't say a word. I took it. I took it because he's the head coach. He has a right to make a point, even though I vehemently disagreed with his point as a receiver. I mean, completely, totally, a hundred disagreed with the point but he's the head coach he made the point i then went back sat on the bench mm-hmm. and he came back in the mm-hmm. 7-eleven looking for the nachos and the cheese right and started in again making the very same points that i disagreed with and he made him in a very robust way right on the sideline and i didn't say anything so the second time we went in 7-eleven um i told him what I thought about. Give me a little outline of what you said to him, hypothetically. Well, if, I mean, if I would think that at that point, if I had to guess what was said, yes. I think the player probably looked at the coach and said, F you. Yeah. Well, and then I was cut on Tuesday. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, listen. It, it, I mean, you have to. My, my whole point about this is not uh-huh. about me. It's about Sean and, and people, you know, upset about. And, and listen, he was still pissed in the postgame. What happened between Dave and Sean Payton in the postgame show right after this? You know, the holiday season is in full swing, which can be fun, but also at times a little stressful, especially when it comes to buying that perfect gift. When we are feeling that holiday pressure, that's when we head to Molly Spirits. And honestly, we head there when we're not feeling any pressure. Whether it's a family gathering, a friend's party, maybe an office get-together, I guarantee you this, a trip to Molly's is all you need to do. Whether it's maybe giving a bottle of whiskey or wine to your host or giving the fantastic gift of a subscription to their beer, wine, or whiskey club. And by the way, if you don't know about that, check that out. And believe me, Molly's has everything. Maybe you're hosting a party. 
Make sure you keep Molly's Concierge event planning services in mind. They offer customized packages and flexible service options no matter what your budget is. And this year, skip the line and shop online with Molly's. All you have to do is head to mollyspirits.com, order up your favorites, and have your order waiting for you to quickly pick up. So head to one of their two stores, the Lakeside location, which is at 44th and Harlan, or the DTC location at I-25 and Arapahoe on the west side right next to Sprouts. Molly's Spirits, a land of adult beverage discovery and a home run for the holidays. You know, the holidays can be a crazy time, but finding a personal injury lawyer doesn't need to be. If you need a personal injury lawyer, we suggest a phone call to the office of Dan Kaplis. Now, I've talked about Dan for years on KOA, and we are absolutely thrilled that he's part of the team here on the podcast. For over 40 years, Dan has fearlessly litigated all the way through trial, and he's winning those cases in record fashion. I mean, if you go to trial, you want to have somebody that can win, right? Whether it's a case of negligence, uh, an automobile accident, a medical malpractice, what have you, Dan is making sure his clients receive what they absolutely deserve. Dan Kaplis has a history of success working with insurance companies and, if need be, taking that case all the way through trial and, most importantly, winning. Call 303-770-5551 or you can head to dancaplislaw.com to schedule your free consultation. Dan Kaplis Law, a serious law firm for serious cases. So I want to ask you about that. I heard the post game and I, I really, I always try and listen because I want to hear, depending on how the game went, because we're still learning who these guys are, especially Sean Payton. I didn't love his demeanor. I got to ask you, because you're going to get this question when you go to the uh, to the rest of the press. You look like it's from the TV that you're really frustrated with Russ. No, I was something pissed dumb. off at the call, but that's part of the deal. Okay. All right. Uh, last thought, you got three games left. And you got two of those at home, and you got to yeah, find listen, a way to regroup. Dave, and- we're focused on New England right now. We got to we got to get to the tape, get our guys some rest. It's a Saturday game, but this thing starts with New England next week. I got it. Thanks for the time. All right, thank you. Okay. Give me your take. I mean, he was pissed off. I, here's the deal: when when you go all in on your quarterback that way. Uh, for, I don't know, 12, 14 seconds on a sideline. And it's clearly caught on TV. If I don't ask you about that and about what you were so frustrated about, well, then I'm, I'm boo-boo the clown. If you're, if, you're, if you're driving around town and you've heard me call Broncos games for 34 years and you know, your, your uh, I don't know, nephew calls you up and says, hey, Unc, Man, you should have seen Sean Payton when it was all over Russell Wilson down the goal line because you're driving around town. You didn't see the game. It's your nephew that calls. And so now you're listening to the postgame show on KOA, and you're thinking, well, Dave certainly is going to ask that question. If I don't ask something about that, well, then I'm boo-boo the clown. And so yeah. my credibility is on the line. I tried to ask it as best I could. He, did, he didn't like it. That's okay. That's okay. And he cut me off twice. And so he said I was pissed. And and so and then we have people in the text line saying, you know, uh, he shouldn't he he's a jerk. Shouldn't talk that way today. Listen, I'm a big boy. And I said this on the air that night. I'm a big boy. Got broad shoulders. Um, I have had my ass chewed by 
um, by world-class ass chewers. <laughs> I have had it chewed to the point that when I walk out of the room, I lean to the right or left because half of my ass has been chewed off. It's okay. It's just part of the, it's part of the deal. It's an emotional game, even though you're, you, those guys are playing and coaching for a lot of money, but it's an emotional game. It's a passionate game. And so I, I understand, um, I, within reason, uh, I understand it. Here's the deal. It didn't, it doesn't change how I view him at all. Uh, I'll do his pregame show before the game coming up Sunday night against the Patriots and everything will be fine. It, it just, that's just sometimes that's how the business goes. Okay. I have two thoughts on this. You don't have to say anything on this. I'll say you will. Okay. You will be here longer than Sean Payton will. Like, that's my first impression. Like, dude, people, that wasn't okay. And I hope he knows that. Like, don't act like a little biatch. Because you're, you've been here 34 no, years. No, I, and I understand I, that. I get, you know. I, I appreciate the love. I really, honestly, I do. Um, but I, I did not look at it that way. I, I think you have to, at least from my perspective, uh, I am more inclined to show him grace mm. in that particular situation because there was a lot at stake. And I think there's been a lot building up with him in terms of how they started and you know some of the things he said to the national media before. And he's going to be really disappointed if we're not in the playoffs. And there's so all the, and that's fine. W- would you like to have him you know, deal with things differently at times? Sure. Absolutely. But it's okay. It's it really it, it honestly is okay. It is not an issue between between me and him. I have no problem. Now, you know, there are there there are limits. There are limits to anything, right? So, but but I'm good. I didn't leave there. I had a couple of people from the organization come up to me on the plane afterwards and talk. And you know what? They were kind and I said, "Hey, listen, man. I'm fine." I'm good, believe me. And I said to them just what I said on this podcast. I've had my ass chewed by world class ass chewers. That was that was not really one of those. So yeah, I'm I don't good. like him anymore. I'm good. Well, <laughs> I think he really I I think I think he's a good coach and uh I'm hopeful that they can forget what happened in Detroit quickly yeah. and get back to the grindstone and find a way to beat the Patriots on Sunday. So speaking of that The New York Times, as I alluded to, did 245,000 different scenarios. And they came up with the Broncos now have a 21% chance of making the playoffs. So the Broncos' chances with losing to Detroit and so many other teams winning went drastically down. So what are they now, 19%? 21%. But if they win their next, so if they finish 10-3 and by winning the last three games. 10-7. and 10-7. It goes up to 76%. Yeah. So it doesn't automatically, obviously, guarantee that they'll get in. Yeah. They get the, you know, a couple of games hurt them yesterday. Um, Houston coming back after being down 13 nothing in uh, or in the road or on the road at Tennessee. And then they win it overtime, 19-16. That, that hurt them. Cleveland trailing at home 17-7 to in the third quarter, coming back and beating Chicago uh, 20-17. to That one hurt them. So... Without and I'm not I'm not looking at it now, but I think what they need there's three there's three wild card spots. To me, you got to hope Cleveland wins out at this point, and they get a wild card spot because. And I looked at their schedule today; they wind up playing 
you know, somebody that if they win can help the Broncos. Uh, you got to win those three. Hope Cleveland wins out, and um, and then Houston. Uh, Houston has to lose a couple. This is what we hope for. So Mike McGlinchey after the game said the locker. This locker room is resilient. We're tough. He has no doubt. He said, "I have no doubt we're going to take care of business." Yep. Do you have any doubt they're going to take care of business? I have a doubt that they're going to take care well, of business. Well, li- listen, respectfully, I say it really doesn't matter. If I have doubt or you have doubt, it does matter a whole bunch if they have any doubt. Well, they're not going to say it. See, that's that's the point I was going to make. I think pro and players are programmed, a lot of players, smart players, because you want to say the right thing. You want to you want to exhibit leadership qualities. You want to be a good teammate. You want to pick guys up when they're at their lowest. All those things that go into to a you know, positive locker room. And I think what McGlinchey said is exactly what he has to say and what he should say uh, coming out of a player of his caliber. So, um, yeah, I, they have been resilient. They started one and five, mm. right? And so they're six, they're six and two in their last eight. So they play, they've played pretty good football. Uh, they just ran into a buzzsaw in Detroit, and they didn't play very well. And I thought Detroit, and I'll say this for all of you gambling folks out there, if Detroit, um, I mean, Detroit is going to get, they play the Vikings two times in the last three weeks. I think Detroit's going to win that division, and they're going to get a home game. Mm-hmm. They are going to be a pain in the ass to beat in that in that dome. They are really quick. Uh, that's the second fastest team that I've witnessed this year, only to Miami. I mean, they've got some... They've got some Jessies that can pick them up and lay them down. They can go. So I don't know how good their defense is. I mean, they played pretty well against the Broncos. Mm -hmm. But from an offensive standpoint, they're going to keep some defensive coordinator up really late trying to prepare for that bunch. I want to get back to Sean Payton just for a second. This is another thing that bugged me about him going after um, Russ, I think, on the after. And then in the way he acted after. Dude, that dude made some mistakes in that game. I mean, shouldn't they have gone for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal? It doesn't matter. I do think I do think that they should have gone for it. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and I was surprised that they didn't. Yeah, because you're at that point you're 21 down uh, to kick a field goal and go 18 down. You still need you still need three. I mean, you either need two touchdowns and two successful two point conversions and a field goal, or you need three touchdowns either way. So yes, I I, I felt like. At that point, he should have gone for the touchdown. Okay, so did I. So, Russell Wilson, 18 of 32, 223 yards, one touchdown, obviously that one fumble, no interception, sacked a couple times. For him to stay in the good graces, which obviously he wasn't, um, of Sean Payton and the organization, does this team have to win out for him to come back and to feel this team to want to support him and keep investing time and money in him? That That is a multifaceted question. That's what I do, baby. Is that what you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on how he plays. I think there have been times getting to know Sean Payton a little bit. Um, he is, I mean, most coaches are perfectionist and he's, he's way up the perfectionist, uh, leaderboard in my view, in terms of how he, he runs things and what he expects. Part of that, I think is just his, his nature. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is the fact that he worked with Drew Brees forever and you can you can dial up and draw up 
things and intricacies of plays and checks. If he does this, if that movement is here, we get out of that. But there are very few guys in the world that can do things like that. And Drew Brees is one of them. Yeah. So I think there have been moments this year that he's been really frustrated with Russell because Russell's not Drew Brees. Russell brings his own skill set, his own positives. Russell can do some things that Drew Brees can't do. And that's where I think it's up to it's up to Sean Payton to, you know, figure it out. And I think he's done a good job in this regard, figured out what Russ does best and how can we uh, take advantage of those things and put him in a situation where we best have a chance to win. What's what's two or three things that give us the best chance to win? A, don't turn the ball over a lot, which during the streak, the six and two streak, They've been pretty good at. Now, he had, the, he had the three turnovers recently, but by and large, he, he's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. He's limited him in terms of you know taking chances with the ball. Well, to me, that's good coaching. Some people say like, oh, he's not letting, not letting Russ cook. No, because, listen, if you let Russ cook uh, the way that Russ cooked last year, you get your ass beat. So, and I think Russell's done a nice job uh, of identifying like, okay, what is this guy about and how do I how do I best fit in you know how do I give him the head coach what he needs how do I how, how am I at my best uh, and, and also trying to factor in what he's asking me to do and and for the most part I think it's it's worked out pretty well I still think they're limited offensively uh, I, I look at them and I, I admire Javante Williams so much for his toughness um, I still don't know that he's right. I, I just I just really don't. Um, you know, Cortland has had a really good year, has made some big catches, red zone catches. Jerry Judy had a couple of catches the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are two or three guys, in my estimation, short uh, for next year, two or three bodies. Uh, you, you, you don't have, without Dulcich, you really don't have a tight end that you can – you can uh, design things for, like if I can get this tight end split here, I know I can get this guy and him, and with this play action, they'll roll this way. You don't have that guy without Dulcich. So what do you do in the tight end room? They're trying to develop Lucas Kroll, uh, who's a big guy that can run some. So you know maybe Troutman's giving them what they knew they were going to get when they brought him in. You mm-hmm. know, Good blocker, willing blocker, but he's not, uh, not overly fleet afoot. And so they they just don't. I mean, Jaleel McLaughlin is one of their best threats offensively, and yet, yep, they they find a hard time getting him on the field because he's so small. Uh, he's very limited in blitz pickup. So, you know, they they've done a lot with what they've had, and to think that a team starting one and five has a chance to go ten and seven, yeah, that's that ain't bad. If they lose though to New England next week. Even if Russ plays great, I, I don't know. That's that's not a good good New England team, right? Well, no. This this will be this will go down, I believe, as the worst team Bill Belichick has coached in New yeah. England record wise. Yeah, I, I want to ask you. They're tied for the yeah. worst record right now. Most losses in a single season. Okay. All right. I'm going to let you go. Um, wait. I'm going to marry Christmas. Going back into Seven Eleven. Um, no. But if we went back in Seven Eleven, we would definitely get extra cheese. On the nachos. I won't see you before uh, Christmas, so Merry Christmas. Have a great Christmas. I know you haven't done your shopping, because you never do. 
Am I, I right? I'm one of these guys. Uh, usually go out with uh, with some friends. I know it's boys' night. James and Bob and Mark, but Mark lives in Grand Junction. On the twenty fourth. Well, we usually go. We usually go like twenty second or twenty third. Okay. We've been known to go the twenty fourth. Okay. Um, we get out in the middle of it. Yeah. And yeah. You know, we don't want to. I don't want to shop online. I want to get out amongst the people and shop. <laughs> You know, shop in the crowded malls and shop with a sense of urgency. Like you're moving. Yeah. You're like, no time to talk, people. Yeah. I got to get some socks. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I love that every year. Dave, yeah. I'll see you next week. Happy Merry holidays Christmas. to you, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. See yep. you next week. Merry Christmas to everybody.